My name is David Birnbaum. Welcome to The Safe Space. Today, my guest is Chinshu Wang, and I pronounce that in the anglicized way because it's very difficult to pronounce it properly. Um, he and I talk about martial arts. In particular, uh, he does Muay Thai. It's something I've been exploring quite a bit. I'm interested in a martial art, and I've had recently a lot of kind of pent up high energy or aggression. And we talk about both the martial art, the uh, philosophies behind it a little bit, and just generally why it brings value to his lives and other lives. If this is something you're interested in, if you've considered a martial art, I think this is a really great conversation. But also generally, it's just about, you know, how do we pick certain priorities to bring benefits to our lives? As always, please subscribe to the channel or subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. And if you like the show, consider supporting us at thesafespace.ca. How's it going? Pretty good. Thank you for having me be on your podcast, David. You know, I've had a lot of people over the years tell me I should do a podcast and it's finally happening. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on. I'm very excited for this conversation. We actually had a last minute change of topic. So we'll see how it goes. And and when I asked for a new topic, you had this right on the tip of your tongue. So um, we're going to talk about martial arts. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I don't know how you can tell me how long you've practiced, but I'm really interested in it because... Mm -hmm especially in the past few years, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people recommend martial arts to me, Mm -hmm. but I've always hesitated about it. It got recommended to me as a kid as well. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's also quite contrary, at least at first glance, to the Buddhism stuff I was into, like, because it's kind of aggressive, um, obviously. Uh, And so first I want to know, (laughs) now, first I want to know how long you've been doing it and and Mm -hmm. just, you know, at the start, what value does it have? Why did you start doing it? Yeah, no, I, I, I'm very, very happy to talk about this. You know, I talk about this all with my friends all the time. I try to constantly get people to do like martial arts and Muay Thai. So, you know, first is my disclaimer, my main martial art that I have done for, um, you know, for, for, you know, that I've been doing recently uh, is Muay Thai, uh, also known as Thai kickboxing, also known as the art of eight limbs. So my disclaimer being here is that I really cannot comment too much on the specifics of the ideologies behind like karate and Taekwondo and other types like that. But I think a lot of the commonalities, there are a lot of commonalities between various martial arts in terms of what they try to go for and, you know, in the sense of the value they bring to people in their lives. So to kind of jump into some of my background and a lot of my history regarding it, I've done Muay Thai for about three years-ish now. I stopped counting. Uh, But I started actually in third year of university. And uh, for some background for like your listeners and stuff like that, I did, I studied nanotechnology engineering at the University of Waterloo and I graduated in 2019. So uh, I started in approximately my third year on like a co-op term I had in Waterloo, and I just started doing one single class a week at the university. It was a university club. Uh, it was like an hour and a half every week, standard beginner stuff. And I actually ended up going into what, it because, what, sorry. Yeah, yeah, what led to you doing it in the first place? Yeah, a lot of the reasoning was that I'd previously been doing kendo earlier. So kendo is the art of Japanese sword fighting uh, turned into a competition style sport. I'd done that for approximately two-ish years, but I kind of really wanted like a change in my life at this point. Like I didn't feel like kendo was super clicking with me, was like the really big thing that came out of it. Uh, So I quit kendo. And at this point, I was also into a lot of like physical fitness and working out because I felt like my health had gone down a lot in first year. So I started like going to the gym and doing like weightlifting and doing the kendo as well. 
So I wanted to keep doing some sort of like organized martial arts that wasn't just, you know, some sort of fitness that wasn't just like lifting weights, which is why I ended up going into Muay Thai because I'd heard a lot of good things about it, uh, namely in terms of the fact that they are, they're very legit in terms of like how they teach you and the moves they teach you. And I just had a fairly good reputation in general. You know, uh, I'm sure you probably have heard of Muay Thai. Most, most people have heard about it in the context of like MMA and UFC in general is like the really big thing. So that's kind of the reason of like why I got into it in the first place. And, and so then you ended up, now you're, you, you're seemingly really into it. What are the, what value did it bring to your life? Why get into it? Why lean into it? Especially, you know, you're, if you're just doing it once per week. Okay. So, uh, you know, let's talk about, I, I need to bring fast forward a little bit to like where I am now and stuff. So I've trained it for approximately three years at this point. I just, it's slowly absorbed more and more of me over time, basically. At this current point, I've fought competitively in an amateur competition uh, held under Muay Thai Ontario rules. This was last September. Uh, I've also traveled to Thailand last May and I trained there for a month in Northern Thailand in a city called Chiang Mai. And uh, basically, and I've also vol- done volunteering at provincial level competitions, at national level competitions. I was slated to actually compete at nationals uh, last November in Markham, but due to injury, I had to basically cancel that. So I've, I've gone, it's quite a jump at this point, but I feel the value that it really brings to a lot of my life and why I really enjoyed it in the first place is that I think one big thing is that with martial arts, I'm sure you've heard of this, the idea of the psychological flow state. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, to give some background for possibly people listening and stuff. So it's like nah, psychological really background. Oh, I don't have to. Okay. No, Good. No. I just want to, I, it's more about learning about you and your experience than the technical stuff around yeah. it. Yeah. And, and by the way, like, please feel free to stop me if I'm either a talking too fast or rambling too much about something. Cause I have a tendency to do both. Yeah. No worries. I yeah. appreciate that. Yeah. Uh, I really enjoyed the, like, the constant sense of learning something and getting better at it and the constant improvement that came out of it, both in terms of like, the physical sense of you are training your body and you're developing yourself in terms of physical conditioning, but also in terms of like, the actual brain stuff and learning these various moves, learning why they're done the way they are and learning how to perform them more effectively and building the sense of that muscle memory. For me, on a very personal note as well, I found Muay Thai was something that really helped give strong structure and quiet my mind a lot. Uh, I felt like I had a very rough time in like university. I had a very stressful time in university, struggled a lot with like mental health and various aspects of that. And one of the things I found really Muay Thai help with is when you're, when you're two minutes and 37 seconds into a plank, you have no room in your brain to think about anything else. The exercise you're doing fully possesses you and you are given no choice but to be fully present in that particular moment. And there is a great freedom that comes from that. And it was something that I found really quieted my mind. Also, the Muay Thai community of Waterloo is fantastic. I owe them so much. You know, shout out to my coach and my teammates and everything like that. They, they have been so fantastic, really great people to work with and train with and just to be in this atmosphere and this environment of like bettering yourself and learning these moves. And there's a tremendous beauty in Muay Thai as well, right? You know, it's called the art of eight limbs in the end. You know, it's really funny when you play like, you know, when, you're, when you're doing fights, they play like Thai music and Muay Thai has been compared to like a very violent dance. There is a true beauty. And that is something I really felt when I went to Thailand, particularly like uh, the, the atmosphere and the community, of the gym was fantastic and being exposed to their whole range of people being there in Thailand. I got the chance to meet like 
international champions, professional fighters, Thai fighters with literally hundreds of fights. Every single trainer at that gym had fights numbering in the hundreds. It was incredible. And seeing you know, the people really push themselves to this amazing level and learn this art and the fluidity and the beauty that came from a lot of that in the end was like really, really amazing. So it's really interesting that you keep calling it an art and the beauty. And, and I want to get yeah. into that at some okay. point, but I'm, I'm also really interested in, you know, you mentioned like the, let's call it the mindfulness of it, right? You, yeah. when you're doing a three minute plank, like you have <laughs> to eventually only focus on continuing the plank and that sort of stuff. And that's what I, like, you know, that's the primary reason I'm interested in it. Like mm -hmm. the physical fitness part is part of it because I find just mm -hmm. working out isn't necessarily stimulating enough to motivate me. And yep. I want to see that progression, but sure. it's more so the mindfulness stuff because I've really struggled. You know, my approach to mindfulness was like Buddhist meditation right. and that's like, you're sitting there, right? And so you're, you're just forcing your mind to quiet but relative to nothing, based on nothing. Yep. Whereas right now I'm really, you know, I, I was just talking to a friend about another project I'm working on and mm -hmm. trying to train people just in high level mindfulness. And so I mentioned Michael Jordan. If you're Michael Jordan on the basketball court, you need to be mindful, you need to be present. And it's the same yep. in a fight, right? If yes. you're distracted for one yes. millisecond in the yes. fight, you're dead. Not yes. dead, but you're knocked out, right? Like you're done. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, how has that, like, I want to dive more into what that experience was actually like for you, because I also struggled uh, quite badly with mental health issues in university, and I mm. didn't end up finding any outlet for it. I mean, I didn't even know what was going right. on, but I'm really interested in, in the, that aspect of it, because it also seems sort of contrary to a lot of what I've read about mindfulness, because it's like very much the idea of Buddhist passivity or whatever, right? And right. so to argue that uh, fighting is mindful seems counterintuitive to, mm -hmm. to me, at least. Right. Oh, there's a lot of talk about fighting. I, I think my, my most difficult part of this right now is parsing my thoughts down. Right. Because <laughs> I, I have many thoughts and I've done like a lot of like various things. But yeah, like I, I've done like, uh, I've gone to seminars held by like a very famous uh, former Muay Thai fighter. His name's Clifton Brown. He's a crew. So crew is basically like the Thai word for like instructor. And he talked about one thing in regards to fights in the sense that in fights, you have no time to think. And this is like a very well-recognized thing. You have no time to think. You must fully let go and rest in the moment without getting too caught up in your head. And the idea basically is that with the amount of adrenaline that goes through your system, you cannot easily form conscious thoughts. And if you try to consciously think about what your body is doing and the actions and the reactions, you're going to get smacked, right? like bad. So at that stage, you basically rely on my, my old coach, my old fight coach said that in a fight, you don't rise to the occasion. No, no, no. You fall down to the level of your training. Right. And that's what a lot of the fight training is, is about building a sense of muscle memory of you know, letting go of like the conscious mind and relying on your muscle memory and your body and you know, letting that carry you through in the fight. So there is like a tremendous like emptiness. Also, there's a lot of adrenaline pumping through you. Like it's, it's incredible. Like I have never felt that much adrenaline going through my system ever before. That's really interesting. And it makes me, so I'm really interested in psychoepistemology, which is right. like kind of 
you know, broadly speaking, about the automatization. So how do you yep. train your mind to do things automatically? And obviously for fighting, yeah, if I have to yep. think, okay, he's swinging left, I have to swing <laughs> right. Like that, that you can't do that. The yep. stuff is moving too quickly. And I very much like that view of the world because yeah, I do wanna be able to be mindful while moving quickly as well, right? Mm-hmm. Not only, or not as a baseline sitting and meditating or whatever. But mm-hmm. what do you think about that adrenaline because you know some people seek adrenaline as, as an addictive thing like i loved gambling i like partying and i love and yeah i love that rush of adrenaline because when i'm i can't think when i'm that full of adrenaline and i'm so into the moment mm-hmm. but obviously that's not directly analogous to the experience in muay thai so uh or in marsh in fighting right yeah. so why is it a benefit why do you think it's valuable why do you enjoy that thing uh i guess this this kind of steps away from fighting like a little bit i, I don't necessarily consider myself like adrenaline like an adrenaline seeker the adrenaline mm-hmm. i found like more very very interesting feeling than like necessarily hyper addictive mm-hmm. but a lot of the value i take from it beyond like the art stuff and stuff i mentioned before is the idea of like constantly improving and pushing yourself and and being better and kind of like chasing a better version of yourself Muay Thai, to be poetic about it, is very much something where you confront who you are and who you were and constantly seek to surpass that, you know, to be, you know, very fancy with all that talk, right? Yeah. And it's about being better, about learning these movements, about performing stuff better, about reaching like a deeper level of understanding of how to do these movements, of pushing yourself, right? And there's a huge amount of that grit and holding on to that grit because fight training is like not super pleasant. You know, it's like six days a week. You run 5k every single day as your warm up. You do five rounds of pads with like your coach and there's a bunch of other stuff, but that's all, that's all detail stuff. But it's like, and it's the sense of the fight itself is about testing your skills because I think so often in life people think about, okay, how good am I really at this compared to a lot of other people? And it's rare that you really get that chance for like a lot of things in life to really be able to understand how good you are. And I think there's something in Muay Thai that really speaks to that primal aspect. And going back to a seminar I went to, the coach talked about how in a fight, it's very different from aspects of modern day life. A lot of modern day life involves a lot of compromise of half measures of of working with people and finding like some middle ground in some sense in a fight no 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 you don't do that you you're gonna hit hard hit first and be mean and that's the idea and it's not about violence either right Right. It's, it's very much not violence i'd say is like the medium but it's not the point you you must do your absolute best you must because to do anything less would be to disrespect your training and the hard work and the training that your opponent has put in, all the blood, sweat, and tears that they have put in, you know. But yeah, he, he said in the fight, right? You very much will make the stand. This is my ring. Get out. Right. And it's about being able to just declare yourself and, and be very firm with what you were doing and have that sense of full 100% confidence and, and belief in this and being able to assert yourself in, in such a way. And I found that very interesting, like what he talked about. And I can kind of feel, I've only done one fight. Like I'm sure someone who's done many, many more fights than me can comment much deeper on the intricacies of a lot of this in the end. And have you found, you know, as someone, let's call it relatively new into it, have you found that that philosophy, for lack of a better word, 
has started to impact your life outside of it? Because that's what you hear. It's about that kind of ethic of, no, I do have to put my best foot forward all the time. I do have to try at an optimal degree. Uh, has it impacted your life? Because, you know, that's what many people at least claim is the fact is is the experience for them uh i think yeah definitely it has i think it's helped me calm down a lot it's given me a lot of confidence in like myself and my own ability because i think that's also another key part of muay thai is that muay thai and i guess any high level sport would be the same way any martial art you really push yourself to your physical limits and that's really one of the takeaways i got from thailand is that the human body and humans are so much more capable uh, in, in, you know, physically and in just in general than what the average person can possibly conceive of. Like after going to Thailand, I understand how people can run like ultra marathons, like three day long ultra marathons and stuff like that. And the true limits of the human body are far beyond the, what the average person can conceive. And I think getting that level of understanding and knowing like how much you can truly push yourself does a lot to like give you assurance in yourself and give you confidence and a sense of peace and things. I still think I'm like a very frenetic and like, I talk a lot. I, I'm still like a very anxious person a lot of times. It's something I'm like, I, I'm, I actively try to deal with and try to be better with, but I think Muay Thai has definitely helped a lot in that, you know, it gave me a sense of structure and grounding throughout a lot of like the worst bits of university. Right. No, that makes a lot of sense. And mm -hmm. I'm wondering though, how do you temper that? How do you not push yourself beyond your body's limits? Because I assume that's really important in Muay Thai as well. Oh, yeah, and that's, that's what thing. I often struggle with is yes. I, I try and push myself. I know how much I can achieve in theory, but it's hard for me to admit maybe I'm not there yet. But I assume for martial arts, the, you, you have to know your limits as well. As much as you can learn how limitless it, it, it can be, you have to be very aware of what your limits currently are. Yeah, um, self-acceptance and patience is definitely a huge part of, of learning as well, right? Like to give an example, it might be that you understand how to pull off a particular move, but your body isn't necessarily at the physical conditioning level yet to do it, or you haven't built up the necessary muscle memory and mental pathways in your brain. And there is a, like a lot of patience involved because you can't suddenly go from zero to 100, like in one session and stuff like that. It's about the consistent work that you put in constantly and understanding that things will come with time and that you will have good training days you will have bad training days and a lot of it is understanding it's not a sprint it's a marathon and it's about coming in every day and doing the best you can it's also having good teammates right and so how how do you deal with that now how do you when's the last time it was that tough situation when you're trying like do you have a tendency to you know that's why you have a coach you have teammates do you have a tendency to push yourself too much and they say, hey, you're not there yet? Or do you have a tendency that they need to push you? Well, usually I'd say like for, for pretty much everyone in general, when you're doing like fight training, it's uh, your coach is going to be egging you on usually. That's usually the case because they're going to be very, very tired and be like, oh, I just want to sit down. So usually it's a case of like your coach is egging you on, but a lot of it is like, yeah, like you're, you're training for like a high performance competition and stuff like that. So your coach is egging you on in that sense, but a good coach understands your limits as well, because they usually will have a lot of experience with fighting and they have learned this from their personal experience and from their previous coaches and stuff like that. And they should know you well enough that they can kind of serve as a guide for you so that you don't have to spend as much mental bandwidth processing kind of these things and more focusing on your direct training. So 
That's really interesting. And I found all of this really interesting, but it's sort of turning into me being taught about martial arts versus mm. me understanding your experience with martial arts. And right. so maybe I don't know the right questions to ask, but I, I yeah. want to kind of understand your experience with it and why you're so passionate about it. Because, yeah, okay, I still I understand the theory. I've heard this before, but what like in your day-to-day -day life or in your month-to-month -month life, why is it valuable? Because there's lots of other things that, you know, I can learn this lesson from or that lesson from. Yeah, so so why this? Why why do you like this? Well, I mean, get the obvious out of the way. Like, at a, at a certain point, like inertia, right? It's like you've had really good times with something and you didn't keep going back to it and, and, and stuff like that. Yeah, this is like more of a, of a nebulous thing. I mean, to be really simple about it, it's just really fun to, you know, kick your friends. <laughs> That is a, that it is just fun to kick your friends in in the end, and that is like a, a a big chunk of it, but it's just I really enjoy like the struggle of a lot of it like I enjoy you know having to do two hundred kicks and being on the hundred and sixty seventh kick and everything is on fire and everything is on is burning, and I really enjoy the feeling of pushing past that of kind of like the like the, I don't, know, I don't want to say suffering. It's not really suffering. Yeah. So I'm interested because a lot of people, you know, don't challenge themselves to that degree. That sounds yeah, like there's discomfort. Why, why do that? Oh, I mean, you're asking the hard questions here, right? I don't really go into it. I suppose a big part of it, there's just a feeling of like wanting to be better, of wanting to be good at this. People enjoy feeling like they're getting good at something. And I don't know like how much nuance I can really break this down through because a lot of it is just, it's very fun to do and, and push yourself. And I think a lot of it is based on your personality and stuff like that too. I think I'm also a little bit of a masochist. Like this is, this is the thing, like my coach and I have joked about this, right? Like he's right. like, you know what? Chinchu anyone who really, really likes Muay Thai, they're a little bit of a masochist. You know, if you look at fighters, when they punch each other, they smile, right? Yeah. Well, so I, I want to set the masochism question aside because, yeah. yeah. you know, that probably has philosophic implications that we can't yeah. get into yeah, perhaps, now. Yeah. But, um, I think that is really interesting. And, you know, I think a lot of people are scared of pushing themselves to be really good at something, right? And mm -hmm. so I get that the struggle is interesting. And, you know, I'm trying to figure out, I often feel like I need more things that challenge me more because I'm mm -hmm. a quick learner and like, especially mm -hmm. my mind is very adaptive. And so maybe right. I do need to challenge my body more. Maybe mm -hmm. I do need something. But there's a lot of people who, yeah, don't, um, who are very turned off by this. Um, and maybe it's just they're not fighters. I don't know. But it seems like it's an important thing. It seems like it's almost like uh, the the intersection between sport and life is martial arts almost, right? Because like there are elite yeah. athletes and stuff. There are people who play sports still like semi-competitively or at least with their friends. But it seems like martial arts is a different thing almost, right? It seems like it's a different entity. And I don't know if you have any thoughts on that, but that's where my head went in terms of it does seem unique to me. It does seem unique in the in the the value it brings to an individual's life. Yeah. 
I, I guess, yeah, there's like also like a very strong community associated with martial arts. I've talked a lot about like the really great coaches and teammates I've had. Like I, I owe a lot to them, like training with me and, and supporting me and things like that and me supporting them back as well. And it's, yeah, this is like a hard thing to get. I think a lot of it depends on like certain aspects of a certain person's personality and stuff, right? Because there's some people that are going to have like a massive preference towards soccer. And if you really try to break a lot of this granularity down, sometimes it gets very difficult because it's, it's hard for people to really explain why they favor one thing so heavily versus some other stuff, mm. right? I think I have like an okay conceptualization in the end, but I think at a certain level of granularity, my level of conceptualization is also does start to break down. But right. I, I think you are right in the sense that a lot of times it's like, uh, well, it, it depends on like the martial art, I guess, and the specific circumstance you're learning a lot of it under, but it definitely has like a lot of intersection with like life in general. Yeah. And, yeah. The, yeah. the physical fitness aspect is also a huge part of it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you get extremely fit doing Muay Thai. Like it's, it's, it's great. It's fantastic. Like, um, it's fantastic for conditioning. It has this reputation for it. And you get like crazy, crazy fit to a level like far above like the average person in the end. Mm-hmm. It also depends like how much you push it, right? And, and like what your own commitment to it. And I'm sure like all of the martial arts will, uh, all other sports can do that as well. Yeah, that makes sense. I want to shift to fighting as such because you mentioned, you know, it's really fun to kick your friends. And, you know, I mentioned just before we started recording how I've had like this. I, I don't have any outlets for my high energy because my my background in terms of how I calmed myself was like just sit and meditate. And now that I'm not doing that as much, I have this pent up energy that I don't have a productive outlet for. And I I would love to beat someone up. Like it feels like it would be great. And not I know that's not what you do in Muay Thai. That's you're not beating someone up. Yeah. But talk about because to a lot of people it's like a turnoff. Like why would I want to hit someone that's not good? That's not a good use of time. And it's like primitive almost, right? And it's chauvinistic or whatever mm-hmm. people label it as. Yeah. But like, there's also, I do have this drive right now. Like that would be very enjoyable to test my mm-hmm. limits in that way to yeah. see my capabilities. But can you talk about what that experience is like and how can you want to like beat up a friend or whatever? Yeah. Um, I guess with, with sparring, there's a lot of like complex stuff involved with it, but to really like get through it, to, to get, to start with it, right. A lot of sparring fundamentally is about trust. That's like the number one, most important thing that comes out of it, right. You need to have immense faith in the other person and also in yourself and your own abilities to not hurt the other person. The goal is not necessarily to hurt the other person. The goal is to basically pressure test your skills under like a live environment and stuff like that. And they are not some, someone you are trying to beat. They are your training partner. They are helping you learn and you are helping them learn. And that's what a lot of sparring is, right? And it's about having that faith and you would not spar with someone you do not trust, like never, never at all. No one would spar with you if they can't trust you as well. Mm-hmm. So there's a sense of like vulnerability that comes out of that trust, right? Of, of trusting that someone is going to take care of you and things like that. And Kendo also had that. So in Kendo, before like you, you spar and train with someone, you say, oh, I'm going to butcher this. I don't speak Japanese, but it's like, onigashimasu. And it basically translates to like, please take care of me and stuff like that. And I think this is a very common thing throughout like a lot of martial arts. And it's, it's, it's part of that training. And it's a very strong community building thing. So I think that vulnerability, right, really helps you to get to know someone and in like a really quick way compared to a lot of other avenues. 
So that's like a really important part of it as well. And also just the sense of like testing yourself and getting better. If you're focusing, usually we get told in sparring, focus on one particular thing you're really trying to work on, right? Whether it's an offensive move or a defensive move or something tricky you're trying to pull off and you work on that over time and you spar with like the same people. You can, you can usually tell immediately when you first spar someone what the level, what the skill difference level is between you guys. But it's also just really cool when you spar with someone for a long time and you pull off something you've been trying to do for a while or you manage to catch them with something. And sparring is like a dialogue. It's a conversation between two people, right? And a lot of people are concerned, obviously, about like the risk of injury and in sparring and stuff. And yes, of course, there's a risk of injury to it, right? I'm not going to downplay that either. But a lot of life also has like a, a risk of injury to it as well. That's kind of like the idea of like exercise. You know, there's a, there's a saying among like, like athletes that all sport eventually has a 100% injury rate. Yeah. You're going to like, you know, strain something or whatever, right? But, you know, if you don't exercise, you're going to have to deal with heart disease and diabetes and all these other problems and stuff, right? So it's kind of about like what you want to do and managing that risk to an acceptable level that you are okay with and tying back to sparring, right? Usually you trust your sparring partner and you trust that they're not going to take your head off. There's also coaches who are very carefully watching over everything in the end. And it is a very, very controlled environment ultimately. Yeah, sometimes mistakes do happen, but that also happens in like, you know, a bunch of places as well. So that's where a lot of like the really cool aspect of it. It's a, you're, you're testing yourself physically because your conditioning gets put under stress, but also like your mental game as well. You, you, I said, you can't think during a fight, but in sparring, it's much lower pressure. You can think that's the time you're supposed to do all your thinking. You know, my coaches in the past have said to me, it's like, you need to do all of your thinking, like think heavily during your training, during your sparring, during hitting pads, during hitting the bag, because you don't have any time to think you have to let everything go during a fight, just let it all go loose. Just go have fun. That's it. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, like it's very cool. The mental game as well. Like, you know, learning how to counter people's various things, learning how they fight and everything like that. And it's a very cool and vulnerable dialogue that you establish with someone and it builds friends really fast. Like this is the thing we joke about. It's like, ah, best way to make friends with someone is to, is to spar them or train with them. Right. And so it's really interesting. You mentioned trust and vulnerability, which is not what the average person I think would associate oh, with yeah. sparring, with fighting and stuff. But it brings to mind like the few times in university where I like fought a friend and mm -hmm. we were like, it was very much someone I trusted, right? Like I wouldn't mm -hmm. want to fight someone who might take it too far and decide to like really beat me up or something if they happen mm -hmm. to be winning the fight. But mm -hmm. it was like, we'd often have little spars and we'd like, was a good way to bond and like we both had a lot of yeah. energy we wanted to get out and you know but it seems like that that whole approach is sort of vilified in the culture today too like as if that's toxic masculinity or something right like we shouldn't be doing that almost but i i think that's really interesting that you say it's a good way to like get a friend because you're both yeah you're very much have this like shared mutual like you have this mutual experience where mm -hmm. um yeah, there has to be trust there that the other person's not going to try to seriously injure you or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So you're like putting yourself, you're choosing to put yourself in a very vulnerable situation. So mm -hmm. it's really interesting to me. Oh, and you just remind me of something. Another big part of martial arts is like the teacher-student thing. Because, you know, I think very much this is very translatable to life. 
in martial arts, you will very often be the student and you will also very often be the teacher as well. It's a lot about learning from others. It's about teaching others as well, teaching people who might have a little less, less experience than you, learning from them, learning from your instructors. And, and that's like a very key dynamic of it as well, that you also feel during sparring. Sometimes people teach you lessons, sometimes you teach them lessons. And a lot of times it happens literally simultaneously. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you teaching me lessons today. Uh, <laughs> I think it's, it's been pretty interesting. And I mean, I'm definitely open to, like, I, I'm very much on the edge of trying martial mm -hmm. arts. Probably if it wasn't COVID, it would be oh, a lot yeah. easier to just walk in somewhere and give it a try. But do you have, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Personally, you're in Toronto. Toronto is like a really good center for it. There's a lot of excellent, excellent gyms. And I know, I know a lot of them. Like personally, I, I know personally the vice president of Muay Thai Ontario and the president of, of Muay Thai Ontario. It's a small community. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of really good gyms. So honestly, in the future, if you want like recommendations of like gyms and stuff, and I recommend, yeah, all gyms usually offer like a free trial week. And this is not something that anyone, you, you have to dive in to do like the full thing, right? Everyone starts small in the end, you know, everyone, every pro starts from somewhere. So for me and anyone else considering it, what's your, uh, what's your final pitch for, uh, I suppose, martial arts and or Muay Thai specifically? <sighs> Just had to say, you know, in the end, try it out. I've managed to get a lot of friends to try out Muay Thai over the years. Um, some of them really liked it. Some of them didn't like it as much. And you won't really know if it's really the thing for you unless you go and try it out. And there's no one and nothing saying that you have to immediately dedicate a lot of your life to it, right? You do what you want in this sense. But I would recommend go try it out. Try out like a, you know, a trial week. Try out like a free trial class. See what the atmosphere of it is like for you. See what you like about it. See if it really speaks to you, which is what it kind of did for me. And, you know, you're never really going to know how much you like it unless you really try it in the end. And the community, as I said, is really, really strong. There's a lot of respect. There's a lot of like, like love and care for each other. And it's a very, very tight community. It's, as I've said constantly, it's a big reason of why I really like it as well. And people supporting each other through their goals. Cool. Well, yeah. thanks. Uh, you almost have me convinced. We'll see yeah. a month or two from now. Yeah. I'll, I'll update you and everyone if I started yeah. Muay Thai or some other martial art as well. But I appreciate yeah. your time. This was interesting. Yeah, no problem. Glad to contribute.